Welcome to the underground. Turn me up, bitch! My Little Underground with Peter A. It's My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Make sure you're subscribed anywhere you get podcasts and be sure to follow me on socials at MLUPod. You can also support the show for as little as $1 a month. The link is in the description and over at PeterARadio.com. Today on the show, returning to My Little Underground, we have Love Honey. Their long-awaited debut full-length album is out right now, and Allie and Tommy pull up to talk all about it, along with guitar smashing, their upcoming vinyl release of the album, and so much more with Love Honey returning to My Little Underground. Tommy, I know you asked me privately if you can lend your thoughts on Phoebe Bridgers smashing your guitar on Saturday Night Live. (laughs) I gotta be be honest with you. I was like reluctant to talk about it, but I think it's very important to talk about now with, you know, uh, just like with rock music as a whole and the whole thing. Cause you know, I think it's uh, some of the discourse I saw of it is like generational. Like, you know, how dare she do that? And some people are like, you know, you boomer, why are you doing that? So like, you what, what boomer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I've seen. I think I think really the only the only person that I was only person that I was kind of like mad in terms of with with how she handled it was really just because uh uh David Crosby, because I'm a big David Crosby fan, Crosby still in Nash and the birds and stuff like that. And so he's an OG, but like People gotta understand, like he's he's like when he came at her, I think he's coming from a place of like hurt and like in terms of like where he's at right now in the music business. And like, cause you know, he's always been vocal about streaming and stuff like that. So he really seems like really bitter and really just tortured by the fact that, and I, I think Flea or someone said, well, what about Jimi Hendrix? And what about the who, you know, like these were contemporaries of his, but he didn't have to really play on that because when they did stuff, it was completely different. And I don't think that, and like when Jimmy, his famous Monterey thing, he said beforehand, I'm going to sacrifice something I really love. So, you know what I mean? So it was, so that was a sacrifice. That was like a native American sacrifice that he was conducting at that. So it was, it was, it was spiritual. And whereas the who, when you see the old pictures of them stuff, they didn't care if any, they didn't care. Pete Towns didn't care if he hurt himself. He didn't care if like something exploded. So it wasn't premeditated. And I think what happens now with the thing with Phoebe, though it was dope, is the premeditation. Once we find out that stuff is like premeditated in terms of when I mean premeditated, I mean like you contact the guitar place to make sure it's okay. It's almost like back in the day, if had Nikki Six called up, you hey, know. Can I- Right, right. Right. Or like dig it. Like it's like Nikki Six wasn't calling the hotel that they was that they were in and saying, by the way, we're gonna trash this hotel tonight. Is that okay? You know, we're gonna pay for everything. We're gonna pay for everything. So, like, if you're gonna break a guitar, don't call, don't call the company and ask them if it's okay and stuff like that. So it's like, but that's the generational thing. I think that's kind of the new. It's almost like I was. I tell Ali about this all, all the time. To me, that's kind of like this pre-ripped jean thing that we're on, where like everything is like pre-ripped jeans, where people are are paying to get a look of rock and roll, and they and it's manufactured though. So it's not 
You, you see Kurt Cobain back in the day, those was real rips. You see those jeans, that, that, that was from wear and tear. But now we purchased this, but we, and we want the same level of respect. We want the same level as if, we, as if the rips came natural. So, so we're kind of manu. So rock and roll has been manufactured. So smashing stuff and doing stuff to people now, is it real? Is it a real emotion? Because it's got always got to be part theater because that's showmanship. But like I like I was saying, like when you call when you call the guitar company or when you have a monitor that's set up, because the guys that were smashing guitars, rather be Courtney Love, they didn't care if they exploded because it was in the moment. Had they like electrocuted themselves, it was just gonna happen. Where, but when you make sure everything is right for you to make something look so wrong, that's the part where I'm like, damn, man, I, w- I wish it was more like, I don't care if this hurt. Because Allie and I, we know we have a good friend named Johnny who would, who would uh, break instruments. He had like a 1960-something Mustang, and he would pick that guitar up, sling it off, and get mad. He didn't Smack care. It on if the wall. He didn't care. And you knew it was genuine. It wasn't like, oh, let me make sure I don't hurt anybody. Let me make sure. So, you know, that's the thing. You know, you got to respect the girl for being herself. But like, you know, David, I understand that he's feeling like we're living in a world now where is this all somebody has to do is how genuine is that type of stuff. And, you know, I can't question the validity of what she did, but I can question calling up a guitar place, saying, is this okay? having a pre a speaker already set up to do something instead of just being crazy and not caring what was going because that's rock and roll rock and roll is like i'm not thinking i don't care you see kirk falling into like the thing he didn't care if he knocked out the drummer's teeth it was but it was just in that moment of that, I get that to tom yeah you know <laughs> so, you know that's 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 just i'm just a nerd about stuff like that and i know that you know and i appreciate the legends and like i said david is a legend man he's a living legend so if he feels a certain type of way people like a lot of people like took it out of place and in terms of like but if anybody he this is the same guy he's been on the same place stages with grace slick with with janice joplin so he's been around the biggest women in rock Joni Mitchell. These are these are his friends. So he's so he's seen the greats. Like I say, he shared the stage with Hendrix. So, you know, so he's not gonna. He would never call their stuff trash when they did stuff because he knew that it wasn't. He knew the organic how organic it was. You know. So, I mean, hopefully that makes sense in terms of like I'm fifty fifty with it. I'm like do your thing, but at the same time, you know, if if you got on some pre rip joints and you're trying to act like it's those is real rips. I'm gonna call you out on it. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm, I'm on the 50-50 side. But Allie, you know, I've seen, you know, a lot of men weigh their, you know, opinion on this. I haven't seen too much women, um, you know, add their thoughts on the whole smashing guitar things in general. Um, so Allie, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts? I think whatever happens on stage happens on stage. Okay. I mean, if it was premeditated, that's really funny. Like a re- rehearsed, like debacle, like, rehearse <laughs> gonna rehearse destroying things that's really funny um i don't i don't know i don't really have an opinion on it only just like just because when i'm on stage i don't even know what the hell i'm gonna do until i'm, I'm after i did it so I, I more power to her i saw a lot of jokes <laughs> yeah and you know i didn't see britney howard uh, i don't think anyone cares really like, to, no, like because it's that, been done 
Yeah, that's it. Like, oh God. And then, you know, it took her a couple tries. Oh, so. really? I see, I didn't see the clip, you know, I just know the discourse. Wow, okay. But you know what? When I listen to like, you know, not, not throwing Phoebe under the bus and then like that, but when I hear a song like Kyoto, you know, I don't want to smash anything, but maybe she does. And, you know, Phoebe is a victim of abuse too. So maybe all that energy came out. But, um, you know, when I, I see you love Honey live, um, I see this raw energy. So, um, you know, Tommy, have you ever felt the need to smash anything while on stage? Because you guys are ripping and shredding. Like that's that's your MO, it seems like. I, I guess really, really like what Ali says. Ali is such a, a, a great, you know, I, I just have respect for the person up front to the point to where, you know, I'm, I'm part of the vehicle, but I look at her as the engine. So I never want to do anything at, at any moment that could potentially overshadow that situation. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the stuff that we end up doing together is so organic that it looks choreographed, but so, the last thing I want to do is do something just to enhance the moment, but then would throw her off and throw off the situation because we have so because our stage acts is so dynamic that you know we don't have to. So, but to answer your question, as far as like breaking stuff, I feel like playing the guitar, you know, in my in my feel is enough is enough for me. That's my way of breaking it or, or playing like that, you know, and that's why you make the scream. Right, you know, so I've never had the need to necessarily want to to uh, destroy something because, again, too, I'm a really mellow dude, so I'm not really into like hitting my hand against the wall or doing stuff, and you know, that type of anger. It has to be some sort of rage and anger at some point for you to want to destroy something for where you want to destruct something. So I'm more so thinking about I'm I'm destructing these strings or you know what I mean or whatever. I'm playing. I'm feeling the mo moment, but I think that may have something to do with it too, in terms of like what's in you psychologically, like you said, like with first, like there might be some built up rage. I just want to hit something. I just want to do something. And oh. so I, you know what I mean? So I've never been in that bag to where I wanted to go beyond just like Alex said, making the guitar stream. And then at, and then at that point, I also then have the, I'm still cognizant too, that when, when the goat, he did it, I don't want to now come and do something and then it seems like I'm copying off of him by burning it or breaking it and doing stuff like that because because then it would seem like I'm biting him, you know what I mean? And so that's something that, you know, black guitars have to be cognizant of, that the moves, the things that you do might be compared to that. So I don't want to, I want everything to be me and I don't want to do anything that seems like I'm biting somebody else. So, so and Ali's just such a great vehicle, like, I don't gotta do nothing because she's she you know she's letting it out, man. You know if that makes any sense, I guess. I think I think uh, you know Love Honey as a group uh, from a performance standpoint, um, it's about what are the what are the people doing? Like how are you reacting? It's all about making the crowd react, not like the the actual performers. You know because mm -hmm. the first time I've seen you live, like my reaction was like I felt like I was at Zumba. You know at the end I was very sweaty. I, I, it was like it was cardio for me it was it was unreal like and i paid like next to nothing but i got a very valuable experience um oh thank you so love that definitely keep that going even if someone like if you feel tired you know when we have shows again go to a love honey show you'll get injected with that you know auditory caffeine like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so the, the full-length album is out. So how close are we to getting vinyl and or or cassettes or any kind of you know uh, other physical uh, media other than the spring. spring? Yeah. So so should be having we should have something in the next uh, next three months. We're probably gonna, we're gonna we we want to line it up. Honestly, would be fun if we can somehow. Uh, me and Tom are trying to work it out where we can have some sort of a show and, and, and uh, because, you know, we, we talk about like how the, the food industry or, you know, the restaurants, they're, they're at a certain capacity, right? And they're allowing people to eat there with no masks and do stuff like that. But what's so funny is that with the shows, these small venues that hold a hundred people, they haven't yet come to the conclusion of being able to allow that to happen, say for like a, a select 30 or a select 20 that can be there with a mask and do that where we could have, and you know, we want to have some sort of a release, like a vinyl release there. And the funny thing, like I told Tom, it's like, what was the capacity for a lot of these venues anyway? When, when they were having shows like a year and a half ago, it was 10 or 15 people at a show anyway. So what percentage is that in comparison to having a restaurant with a bunch of people in that with no mask? You might as well go back to opening up shows because only 10 or 20 people are gonna show up anyway. You know, yeah, most 15 of them are coming. Yeah, 15. So why not let's make that an event this time? Let's not let's take that 15 or 20 or or and say, okay, it's gonna be only 25 can come in, you know, you know, get the temperature, make sure they wear a mask and have a show and then have some sort of a vinyl release. So if we can do that. I mean, that would be wonderful. Give people that opportunity, you know, where something could be like that. And but it's going to come out regardless in, a, in probably about three months, the, the the vinyl release of the record and then probably cassettes will then follow. But if we could make it in connection with a show that would be safe for everybody and be kind of like I think that would be that would be cool, especially if we could have like a select 20 or 25 that would come in and, and, and you know, rock out to the release of the vinyl. Record store. Absolutely. Have you uh, thought about doing anything in, in regards to that? That's actually something. Um, that's actually something really good to ponder. You know what I mean? That's actually a really that's good the safest idea. way. That's the safest thing to do in regards to like a record release. I kind of thing. Right. I definitely want. I was thinking about doing something in terms of like a signing for Ali to do because so, we have a a cool record store that's up in Peekskill where I'm at. Uh, it's it's small. But it's like where that's where I got a lot of the vinyl stuff that I get from, and, they, and and all they sell is is vinyl. They don't even sell new uh, records unless it's from like a local artist. So everything in there is used and in, in original prints. But I did want I wanted to do something like that, potentially like a signing or you know where where people can come and get the record and stuff like that. You know something fun like that. You know where where you could where you know how many people are coming in and then you can sign the record. But just something fun like that. You know, but you know, it's amazing how other places, uh, some artists that I follow, how they've been playing shows and different stuff like Blackberry Smoke and a lot of a lot of the Southern rock bands and kind of those bands, they, they've totally bypassed the, you know, this thing and they're and they're back having shows, you know, at in different places. But it's a different mentality in a lot of other you know cities that are different from us, you know, in terms of New York. We're, we're probably like the most safest because of we were affected the hardest in the, in, you know, in the beginning in terms of things, you know. Was there any kind of um, meaning behind releasing an album on Valentine's Day? And it's so strange. I've never seen a Sunday 
album release before? Well, Tommy just told me. He he asked me what I thought, and I said, "Well, duh." Love, honey. I got it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, feel, I feel like it's a love album. I mean, I feel like it's a love. I, I feel because you know, you know, I I feel that it's a it's it's a. I mean, I think everything that a lot most a lot of the songs, if you read Ali's lyrics, there if it's it's is relationship based, if not reality is 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 some someone that she knows so because you listen to all the different songs they have they have a theme of of uh in that in that regard and so with this album you know i felt like hey man let's let's make it you know let's 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 have it on official day and my dad just had gave it to me because i want to do february some point in february he said why not do it on a holiday why not do it on something where it could be remembered in terms of like you know remembered for Whereas, okay, it's a it's a certain day, you know, and so I said, oh, when he told me that, I was like, man, that's a great idea. So then that's when I told Allie, and she was like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, considering the uh, the blend of the album in terms of the first side and 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 what we'd like to call the second side. But if you look, if you dissect the lyrics and look at everything, it's a it's a you know it's a love album. It has it has the softness. It has hardness. It has all the as, the aspects of love and hate and everything is all together. So why not give it on Valentine's Day? You know why not make it an event? You know so to speak. And this album is very sonically diverse. You know there's a lot of hard rockness and then there's some sultry R and B in this. So after wrapping the album, did you feel? Um, like you should be leaning one way or the other. Did you feel so confident in a certain style of song that you were like, you know what, we got to do this thing from now on? Well, we've we've always done it. You know, we've we've always had a mix of different things. We we maybe didn't release it, like release all those songs that that we've ever um written, but we've always had a really eclectic um set of songs in our in our catalog and um this was just our chance to put it all together and mix it with what people know us for ali's right in terms of uh is because what happens is like we you know you get it you we we found out we feel like we could honestly give our fans a full-length record of any version of soul, rather be heavy soul in terms of you know harder soul or softer, more R and B soul. We could essentially give somebody that at, at that point. But I think how we like to be able to separate ourselves from our contemporaries is by showing that we can wear those hats just as great as anybody else. Like we can go as hard as a metal band, but we can go as soft as a neo soul band, but yet it can still sound like that one person. And whereas I think some some artists, you know, they either just don't aren't familiar with with they're only familiar with the style that they make of music. And that's great because you know there's gonna be people that like our stuff that only want to hear heavy stuff. And you know, there's a lot of people that look like the three of us that only want to hear the R and B joints. And so we love it all so that's why we give it all but you know at least this album was an opportunity for us to make our debut so that if all of a sudden now Ali and I say okay let's drop a 10 song and it's nothing but 70s 
Cadillac soul type music. No one won't be confused. Or if we turn around and hit them with like a Sabbath style album, nine, eight songs like that, they'll take it too. Because they can't say, oh, that's different for them. Right. It's not. Right, you know, because so we, we've shown them that. But I really don't know which one per se that I like the most as far as what we do in terms of that stuff, type of stuff. I guess it depends on like the mood, you know, the mood that you're in at that time is going to make you want to, you know, hear more of one thing or less, I guess, you know. Obviously, I like performing all of the harder songs just because I get to be more aggressive and more animated on stage but i still do really like singing the more softer uh songs that we do have because i also get to show that i can sing i'm not just yelling all the time and that she's vulnerable like drake <laughs> or uh, lauren or um you know most deaf you know those guys have and girls have very emotional sides to them which i appreciate um you know I know you guys were campaigning to get this album reviewed. Did you have any luck finding anyone to to criticize this? Yeah, uh, Classic Rock was the the biggest publication that we was able to actually uh, get to. I mean, a shout out to uh, Holly there and the staff. They've been one of they've been like the most the major publication of our you know in our genre. That's from the very beginning, you know haven't been afraid to embrace what we're doing and embrace other people who don't have a huge platform and give them you know opportunities through their songs of the week and stuff like that and so we we were lucky enough to get a feature in one of their magazines which was really great for us when we got featured but this was the first time that we were able to actually get our music review which happened to be the debut so they commissioned a, a writer i got the email that they commissioned this guy to to write a, uh, the review and oddly enough i mean uh he it's out on newsstands now it's issue 286 that has uh pink floyd on it and um he's called it an electrifying debut and believe but his only uh cripe about it or dislike was that what were the mellow stuff so i guess so it really depends on that writer you know in terms taste. of yeah. do right their taste in terms of like do they do they like soul music or do they like stuff like that because it definitely is it, it'll throw anybody through a loop when you hear something like sandman or you sandman night or you and then hear liquid you know because like no one's used to people really aren't that's not normal right now for people to get hit with something like that. And then you hear that someone can sing like that. That's not normal. To people. So, you know, it's, it, it's not going to be shocking that a lot of people that are so used to just rock, 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 aren't going to be able to adapt to uh, the slower mellow songs. But then again, you know, it could be the complete opposite with the next reviewer and so forth. But I mean, the fact that he was saying like, this is an electrifying debut and then everything else, blah, blah, blah. But the slower stuff, he couldn't find his way around it. I mean, that was, you know, that's just how that stuff goes, you know? What are you most proud of about this album? Well, first that we were able to record that shit in two days. Let's go. Basically. Like, seriously, like, that was a really great experience. And I didn't really feel stressed out or anything uh, during the process. 
we um we came in and we got to work and we made it happen um so i just i think the process is is something that i'm really proud of but also i'm 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 just really happy with the way it came out it has enough hard rock in it for me and then it has enough slow songs in it for me to to the point where i i'm listening to it myself more than i've listened to any of our eps myself i i listen to the whole album almost every day yeah i mean i think the most proud that i feel like um we made something that i've i believe is timeless and will be considered that way because when you're doing like for me, when I do, uh, you know, we're doing retro throwback style music and I try to think about everything that we make. And especially I think we're able to, to accomplish that with this is that if you put us in a time machine and put us back in that time or put us in the late 60s or 70s, will it uh, can this be something that won't sound like a knockoff of anything but will stand on its own? And I think we were able to accomplish that with this song because a lot of songs from back in the day from famous people were inspired by other artists. Sunshine of Your Love was written because Jack Bruce saw Jimi Hendrix play and, and, and ended up coming with that iconic uh, riff. But it doesn't sound like a Jimi Hendrix song. though. So, you know what I mean? So, so with us, when we're making these songs, you can hear influences of stuff. But yet if you put it in that time, I feel that that record can be toe-to-toe with any of the contemporaries of those times. So that's my biggest goal when making music is to make sure, because a lot of the stuff today sounds great, but it's so much of a knockoff of the stuff from the past that if you if you put those people on the same charts at the same time, they would obviously can, could you say, this is plagiarism. So that's, I feel like we accomplished something that's pure, that's raw, we did it in such a short period of time. We did it during a pandemic. I mean, I had to, I literally had a mask on the whole time. Every solo you hear is the first take because we had to get out of there, you know? So I'm very much accomplished that, that Ali and I was able to take, you know, those five years of work and, and make something that I think is the best rock album that's gonna, that album 2021. It, I mean, the quality, just the, the passion, just, and, and without the industry, without, without, because every review I read that was in classic rock that was with us, it was always naming big time producers. It was always naming this person worked with Raids Against the Machine. This person worked with XYZ. All these things had to be announced in order for you to uh, believe that this was a good album. And we didn't have to do any of that stuff. So anybody who actually digs it, they're digging us and they're not digging someone else's name. Organic. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's this is this is made by the band and not and not made by a bunch of people with big names and big money, big studio money behind them. You know, and, and, I, and that's something that makes makes me proud because I know we did it by ourselves, you know. And all of these songs weren't good to go as soon as we got there. Like there's some songs in there that we wrote the day we went to just rehearse and just get our, our feet wet. And, yeah. and get back into the swing of things. We we wrote um we wrote you, the the day that we got back together to um practice to record the album, and um and then ended up on the album. Like I'm super proud of that song. That's like one of my favorite songs. And and that was that was Tommy. Tommy had that riff already in his 
in his brain of riffs and I and we <laughs> and I just like sat there and I I I I loved it and I just like came up with like a melody in my head and I just started writing and then that the song was born and uh, it's one of the to me it's yeah. like one of my favorites we killed it man just seeing this girl in the studio was like seeing her write like that and like it's like you watching a movie, like you watching one of these movies when somebody pick up that notebook and they hear that stuff. So it was like a lot of times when we was there, it was like I was outside of my body watching something occur because it's like, damn, I'm in this movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm a character. I'm, a, I'm in this cast of this type of thing. Like somebody writing a song in one minute and, and like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, so that was that made us happy. And the fact, like Ali said, man, we hadn't seen each other in like five months and only had one practice to show Tom and Matt. 10 songs that was crazy and most of the people that's recorded throughout the course of the pandemic big time artists they didn't they didn't have to do that and so i feel great that we're in a magazine we're the only independent and we're the only unsigned band that's in classic rock i've literally had to make up the name i had to use my publishing uh company name as the name of the record label because there was no such thing as writing unsigned so like you really have to put a label a record label as in order to be in the magazine because i told the guy i was like can we just put on signs so if someone likes us they can approach us he's like nope we, we've never had anything like this so that was big you know for us to, to and a lot of people won't know that when they just pick up the magazine that this is an unsigned band that that, that got in the magazine and we, we can all hear the album on spotify etc but how can people purchase this album to directly support love honey the I'll go to our website because go to our website and uh, you can get the merch package that we have right now where you will get a t-shirt you get the cd and you get some pins and then in, in the spring we're going to have a, a, another situation where you can get the vinyl a new design t-shirt and something and something else to go along with it so that's go to our website and and, and um grab that bad boy man and they're doing really good man for an independent band with heart with no promotion we're getting sales every day man so that's been that's been a that's been a blessing to to uh see how people have gravitated towards and people are wearing the shirts and posting them and stuff so that's pretty hip you know what's the website plug it <laughs> lovehoneymusic.com there we go there we go. There go now how can people follow love honey on the internet social media etc same thing, Love Honey Music on Instagram. Um, MySpace. <laughs> uh, Tinder. Uh, Tinder. E We're on Craigslist. <laughs> only fans. Yeah, only fans. That's coming. That's probably the actual Love Honey company. They're definitely. <laughs> They're going to have a only fans. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be there. Of course. But all the, all the, all the records. <laughs> yeah, I will be but it, all those be there. Yeah, no. I'll be there, man. Yeah. I'll show people my toes at least. <laughs> we, we, we need the money. We need the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good source of revenue. Sacrifices I'm not willing to make. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hendrix burned a guitar, but, you know, Tommy's going to show his toes, you know. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Love, honey, Allie, Tommy, thank you so much for joining me thank again you. on my little ground. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Always right. a pleasure, man. Likewise. Mm -hmm.